Johnny Dollar. Well, now, that's nice. What can I do for you? I beg your pardon? Oh, it's quite all right, and it's granted. Granted. And now that's all you have to huh? say. Uh, no, wait a minute. Who are you? Wait a minute. Well, what for? I'm busy. I'm a busy man. Alvin Peabody Cartwright. Who? You. That's right. Cartwright. Well, what are you calling about, Mr. Cartwright? Calling who? Me. Oh, you? Johnny Dollar. Listen. Oh, well, Johnny, what a fortunate coincidence. You're just the man I want to talk to. Coincidence? Of course, that you happen to call me this way. Well, I'm afraid it was the other way around. Uh, what's on your mind, Mr. Cartwright? Johnny, I'm being threatened. Oops, again? Yes, sir. And since my life is insured by the Continental Insurance and Trust Company, well, that makes it an insurance matter. Yeah, well, now look. And I refuse to let anybody but you look into such matters. So, Johnny, I want you to come over here to Lakewood and see me right away. Yeah, well, Mr. Cartwright, you're sure this isn't just some, some... Uh, yes? Well, well, you know, a couple of times in the past, that is, uh, these emergency calls of yours... You think I'm joking? Well, I'm not. You fail to come here and protect me against this, this, this threat, and only two things can happen. First, I can be murdered. And? And second, I'll cancel all the rest of the insurance I have with that company. After you've been murdered. So you get yourself on over here right away. Uh, Mr. Cut. Hello? Well, here we go again. And yet, I wonder. CBS Radio brings you Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. One of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Continental Insurance and Trust Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the deadly chain matter. Thanks to Alvin Peabody Cartwright, I've been involved now and then in some real wild cases, real crazy. On the other hand, he's an erratic old eccentric, but uh, extremely wealthy. As a result, he's not only been the target of a lot of rackets, but has come very close to being murdered more than once. So, item one on the expense account, a dollar for a taxi to the office of Bill Ferguson at Continental Insurance and Trust. No, Johnny, he hasn't said a word to me. Can you tell you what kind of threat he's received? No, Bill, as usual, he told me nothing. Well, it doesn't matter, but with the millions worth of insurance we've written for Cartwright, and I mean millions, and to be sure we don't lose his account of some other company, well, we can afford to pamper him a bit, which is to say we can well afford to pay your expense account even if all he wants to do is say hello to you. Okay, then, Bill. I'll run over to his home in Lakewood and see him. Of course, if he really is being threatened... Don't worry. I'll let you know about it. Expense account item 2570 mileage on my car to Lakewood. For my money, it's one of the prettiest little towns in all of New England. Home of a lot of wealthy retired people. The Cartwright place, where the old man lives alone, sits on top of a low hill at one side of the lake, with two or three acres surrounding the fine old house. Right. Johnny Dollar. Oh, well, this is an unexpected pleasure. Unexpected? Come in, boy. Come in. Come in. Oh, thanks. Well, sir, how are you this fine July afternoon? Afternoon? It's almost evening. 
Can't you see that? <laughs> well, how are you anyway? Oh, I'm terrible, Don. Oh, I'm just terrible. <laughs> that rainy weather the past couple of days, <laughs> I've hardly been able to talk. Well, there's been nothing wrong with today. A lot of nice warm sunshine. Today? Oh, today I've been feeling fine. <laughs> Whatever made you think otherwise? Oh, <laughs> and tell me, Whatever brought you here to Lakewood? A phone call, Mr. Cartwright. Oh? Yeah, from you. You said you wanted to see me right away. I said I wanted to see... Oh, oh, yeah, well, of course I did. And you know why? Why, sir? Because I refuse to do anything foolish, that's why. And yet if I don't, Johnny, I'll get myself killed. Just like Hector Kenworthy and Alphys J. Perriman. If you don't what, Mr. Cartwright? Carry on the chain lesser I received. Oh, now, wait a minute. That's a fact. That's a fact. Look here. It is. Yeah, I read. Mm. You see what it says? Continue this chain, it says. And you will not only receive a lot of money when your name reaches the top of the list, but in exactly a dozen, dozen hours... A dozen, dozen hours is exactly six days. Yeah, I figured that one out. Yeah, yeah. Well, go on reading. Yes, now, here. In exactly a dozen, dozen hours, you will have unexpected great good luck. Oh. But if you break the chain... In a dozen, dozen hours, dire disaster will overtake you. Oh, now, look, look. Surely you don't believe that kind of junk. This very same letter was received by the two friends of mine I mentioned, Paraman out in Chicago, and Kenworthy out in Los Angeles. They broke the chain. In exactly six days, they were both dead. Coincidence. Oh, no. No, sir. This is a vicious, murderous racket. Well, I'm why, sure of it. Why do you say that, Mr. Carter? Because of the way they died, Johnny. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Then maybe you'd better tell me about it. Of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Who'd you vote for in the last general election? You may not realize it, but you voted for someone you probably never heard of and whose name may not have appeared on your ballot. And who was this stranger? He was the elector appointed by your state to decide who was to be our president. Every state has as many electors as it has representatives and senators in Congress combined. Collectively, they're called the Electoral College. And it's the members of the Electoral College alone who can vote for the President of the United States. Your vote was cast for the group of electors that pledged itself to vote for either the Democratic or Republican nominee. But you did not vote directly for either candidate. A roundabout way of doing things? Yes. But you must remember that when the Constitution was written, there was no television, no radio, and few newspapers. The majority of voters had never traveled more than a few miles from their own homes. In these circumstances, it was impossible for a voter in Maine to know about the great public figures of New York or Pennsylvania, Virginia, or South Carolina. There were not even any political parties to guide him. And so the voter in Maine didn't try to do the impossible. He voted for someone who did know the great men of the times and who could render an intelligent decision as to which one of them should make the best president. The system has its faults. Three times in our history, the man who got the most votes from the people was not elected president because he did not get the most votes in the Electoral College. Yet no one today seriously proposes to abolish the Electoral College because by and large, the people believe that in spite of its drawbacks, the present system of electing our president ensures that your country and mine shall be our country under God. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Deadly Chain Matter. Johnny, my good 
Kenworthy, out in Los Angeles, died exactly six days after he broke the chain of these letters. Just the way the letters said he would. Coincidence, I tell you, Mr. Cartwright. Or at most a result of some superstitious fear that the letter instilled in him. No, sir. Well, that's what these chain letters do. They hold out that phony, hollow promise of giving you something for nothing. And they scare you into doing it. Work on your superstition. Uh, Johnny... And if you think superstition is dead in this enlightened age, you're wrong. Why, some of these chain letters even include a religious-sounding prayer for good luck. Uh, let me And you know the only the... people who profit by the letters they, that ask to send money? The people who start them. Or maybe one or two others out of the millions who sent him along. Millions of suckers, that but is. But, Johnny, that isn't... Look, the... ask anybody you know, anybody who's ever carried on the chain, how much do they get out of it? Nothing. Um, well, now, this one is only for an exclusive group of wealthy, retired people. So listen... Oh, sure, but take my word for it, it's worthless. But don't you see... Even if it's that... one of those that doesn't require sending any money, you can be sure the crook who got it going either has some ulterior purpose or he's just a plain crackpot. Anybody who gets scared into going on with it ought to have his head examined. Johnny, will you listen to me? And if they want you to send money... I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Cartwright. Go ahead. Just how did your friend in Los Angeles die after the dozen times, a dozen hours had passed? Yes, well, now, the same as my other friend, Alpheus Perryman in Chicago. Yeah, well... They were both of them run over by a hit-and-run driver at exactly the time the chain letters said disaster would overtake them. You know they're against the law, don't you? Chain letters for any purpose. Of course they are, and they should be. But you just listen to this, and this is why I'm worried. Yeah. A dozen, dozen hours after he received this letter and carried on the chain, Admiral Parley Barron came into a great fortune. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah you see. Now, and this one. Adjutant General Frederick Melchior was suddenly and miraculously cured of cancer. Same old junk. No, 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 listen now, listen. But a dozen, dozen hours after Hector Kenworthy of Los Angeles broke the chain. That's my friend, Johnny, that hadn't just yes, And after A.J. Perriman of Chicago broke the chain, they were both dead. Yeah, you see that? Right here. Uh, let me see. And if you break the chain, beware. The same thing can happen to you. It will happen to you. Yeah, yeah. You see, Johnny? Uh, I think maybe you're right. This is the same kind of scare stuff, but it goes a little bit too far. Yeah, it isn't the hundred dollars I'm supposed to send. Hundred dollars? Yes, a hundred dollars in cash to the name at the top of the list. Exclusive list of honest, wealthy, retired people. Exactly. And do you know who else has received one here in Lakewood? Oh. Mrs. Templeman, the rich widow who lives over at Tiny Woods, and Wilfred W. Winterbottom, the retired oil millionaire. This name at the top, the one who gets the hundred bucks, Mr. Daniel Stringer. Yes, is the address, care of Post Office Box 101, New York, Zone 84, New York. I don't know what part of New York that postal zone is, but believe me, I'm going to find out. You are? You mean you're not going to leave me? I'm not just going to sit here. But don't you see, the dozen times a dozen hours are, are over for me. And you're superstitious, too? Enough to be scared by the threat in this chain letter? Enough to maybe hurt yourself by doing some fool thing or other because you are scared? Oh, well, no, John, no, but of course not. All right, then. I'm going to get you a bodyguard from the local police. Where's your phone? They're there on the stand in the corner. But now, Johnny... Yeah? If the police come around, wouldn't that warn anybody who might be coming here to harm me? Mr. Cartwright. Yes, Johnny? Uh, there are times when I think you're... Well, I think a lot of things about you. Oh, sure, I know, yes. Wild and crazy, eccentric old man. You should be very blunt about it, yes. You yeah, Maybe I am. A little bit. But when the chips are down, you're no fool. Oh, no, I wouldn't be too sure about that. I've never really given much thought to this chain of the thing before. Sure, I've tossed some of them into the wastebasket. 
But maybe I should have investigated them, even the little ones, because they all work on the same principle. They all contain a threat, and they all capitalize on fear. Look, look at that. It says, exclusive list of honest, wealthy, retired people. Uh, yes. Why, a list like that can be bought from a hundred sources, from companies that cater to the mail order business. Uh, yes, of course. Oh, maybe I'm all wrong, but suppose somebody bought a list of wealthy people all over the country. Suppose he went to Los Angeles. Yeah, well, where Kenworthy lives. All right, yeah. Suppose he rented a post office box. Then he sent out a couple of hundred of these letters, maybe a thousand. A lot of rich people about there. The letters were all the same with his name at the top of the list. Then half a dozen fictitious ones. Fictitious? Yeah. Any names on that list that you recognize? Uh, let me see here. No. no. All right. So maybe only a hundred people were scared into sending the money, carrying on the chain. After all, like you said, it isn't a hundred dollars. You're right, Johnny. And a hundred people at a hundred dollars a piece. Ten thousand bucks. Even half of that would make it worth sending out those letters. And by the time the six days are up, he's collected enough, so he skips town. And people like Kenworthy and Perriman, do you think he'd kill them to, to carry out the warning? Well, frankly, I doubt it. Just the same, I think I'll call the Lakewood police and have somebody sent out here to look after you. Even though? Even though. Hmm. Hmm. What is it, Johnny? Maybe I was wrong, Mr. Cartwright. Your phone wire's been cut. And now, Act Three of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny, the phone. The telephone isn't working. Ask me, Mr. Cartwright. Somebody's cut the wires. Then the threat in that letter, it means that somebody's come here to carry it out. Only one way to make sure. You stay inside here while I go out and take a look around. Maybe that's what they want you to do, go out there in the dark, huh? Johnny, I'm going with you. No, you're staying right here. I'll be back in a minute. But there may be some danger. Or it may be that your phone is just out of order. We'll see. There was enough moonlight for me to see where the line off the telephone pole led to a connector box at the back end of the house. There wasn't enough light for me to notice a trailing vine as I edged my way along. So what happened? I tripped and fell flat on my face. Before I could get back up on my feet. So you come out to see what was wrong? Oh! You are Mr. Cartwright. Oh! are not reading your mail real good. When I finally came to, I found myself on a big leather sofa in one corner of Mr. Cartwright's library. Felt like it had been the target for a bolt of lightning, and the lightning hadn't missed. A familiar face slowly came into focus. That's right, Johnny. Another little sip of this brandy, and you feel much better. <sighs> Mr. Conrad. Here you are. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I was afraid there might be somebody out there. So I sneaked on out after you. Yeah. Yes. And I took along an old cricket bat. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. And when I saw what he was doing to you, I let him have it. Oh, yes. With all I had, oh, I slayed him. Well, who is he? Where is he? I had an awful time dragging him into the house, but I did it, Johnny. Yes, indeed, I did it. And I locked him up in the broom closet, too. And I locked him up tight. Good. I told you you're okay when the chips are down. Oh, it's just that I caught him off guard. Oh, sure, sure. But now if I can get up on my feet. Yes, the boy. Yeah, I think I'd like to talk to him. visitor turned out to be a pug-ugly gorilla, hardly the brains behind a chain letter racket. Except for admitting he'd been hired by somebody in New York to come up here and give Mr. Cartwright a beating, then make it look like a burglary job, he refused to talk. So we locked him up again, and I laid my splitting head on a pillow for some much-needed rest. 
the time I awoke in the morning, feeling somewhat better, Mr. Carteret had fixed me a mess of bacon and eggs for breakfast. Just here, Johnny. I just walked down to Corner Gas Station and called the telephone company. And you know something? They came out here and had that line all connected up again in less than an hour. Good, good. <laughs> yes, it's just like that. <laughs> so maybe I'll buy a couple thousand more shares of stock in the telephone company, huh? Just to show them how I appreciate it. Yeah. What about our little pal? I mean, the one who slugged me last night. You know, Sir Johnny, I decided that after the way he behaved last night... He doesn't deserve any breakfast. No, no I, I mean, where is he? Uh, he's still locked up in the broom closet. Do you think I ought to call the police to come and get him? No, not yet. Maybe I can beat some information out of him if we need it. Well, of course we need it. Don't we? Let's wait and see. First, I'd like to make a phone call. The call was to my old friend, Lieutenant Randy Singer, New York Police Department, 18th Precinct. Post office box 101. Yes. Postal zone 84. And if he comes around to pick up his mail, you nab him. On what charges, Johnny? Fraud, sending threatening letters through the mail, or anything you can think of. Yeah, okay, I'll dig up something. Uh, but I can't hold him for long unless you come down here and prefer something definite against him. And Johnny. Yeah? You still haven't told me what this is all about. And if I didn't know you... Just you grab hold of that box holder if he shows, and I hope he does. Yeah, well, just you be sure and get on down here. my friend. Don't do it. But if I don't, something terrible might happen to me. The chain letter said so. If you do, it'll be a violation of federal law. Huh? That's right. And you could end up in prison for it. Prison? Well, Mrs. Templeman? Is Mr. Dollar? Yes, sir. Yes. Better do as he says, Mr. Winston But I didn't realize. I didn't know you that... do now, sir. Back to Mr. Cartwright's home on the hill, just in time to answer the telephone. Johnny Dollar. Johnny, I've got him, and what a fun. Yeah, Randy? Daniel Stringer, alias Danny McKay, alias Willie Daniels, and half a dozen other things. I watched him unload the post office box myself, Johnny. Then I tailed him to a cheap rooming house. Go on. When I nabbed him, he was opening, oh, must have been 50, 60 letters he'd got. Chain letters. And Johnny? Yeah? You know what he was taking out of him? I can guess, Randy. Thousands. Enough money to hold him on suspicion of almost anything. And Johnny... Still here. He also had a bunch of new letters he'd written. All addressed to folks in a wealthy section down near Germantown, PA. Then hang on to him, Randy. I'll be down to make formal charges against him. Okay. Um, maybe I'll pick up a chief inspector from the post office department to do it. Okay, Johnny. Yeah, maybe some of those chain letters, the little ones, are harmless. But again, maybe they're not. And they're all against the law. But there's only one thing to do. Avoid them like the plague. Or better still, if you get one, take it right down to your local postmaster. He'll know how to go about helping to stamp out this racket. And believe me, that's all it is. A racket. Expense account total, including mileage on my car and the trip to New York and back, $27.35. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
This is Jim Matthews speaking. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash in right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by 